What's up, guys? Welcome back to your most simplest fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Keep It Simple. This is a big episode because this happens to each and every single one of us, including me. And that is why we've plateaued at the gym. This happens to everybody, whether you like it or not. I think this happens... This is arguably the biggest reason why all of us give up at one point in our fitness journey. I I give you guys three reasons why you plateau. Uh, no, I yeah, yes, I give you guys three reasons why you plateaued, and three reasons. Those same reasons are what you guys need to know for you guys to break through these plateaus. I don't only talk about that. I give you guys updates about my my son, Landon, who is now 13 months, uh, 14 months now. And uh, how he's talking. He has, he's developing a character. And I give you guys a pretty eye-opening, I talk about a pretty eye-opening article that I read about FaceTime. And trust me when I say it's not the FaceTime that you are familiar with. And let me tell you, this article blew my mind and uh, I get a little bit emotional in this episode, like always, especially when I talk about my wife or my my family. And so, um, yeah, uh, so any parents out there who are listening, uh, please stay tuned for that. I know you're going to you're going to love that. Um and I talk about much more. I talk about my process of us selling our house. Yes, we are selling our house. So if anyone who wants to buy my house, our house is going to be up for sale soon. Um, I give you guys a bunch of updates. And um, yeah, so look, I'm very excited about this episode because I know you guys are really going to like this because like I said before, this happens to everybody. And um, so look, before I let you guys off, please leave a five-star review, drop a comment, on whatever platform you're listening on because the more times you do this the more apparent it shows up on whatever uh, platform you are listening to and please if you know a loved one or a friend who needs to listen to this please share this personally to them and of course share this on your social media platform so that's it thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy So progress and results are arguably the most common and biggest reasons why people continue to work out years on end. Now, if one of those reasons why you work out is to change something, whether it's physical appearance, uh, athletic performance, or overall longevity, and you end up seeing or feeling very little to no change after all that time spent, effort given, the discomfort you endured, and the commitment you made, and the money you spent, um, then it's easy to see why many of you stop. You keep at it month after month with little to no change or progress, and this is especially true for the types of people whose goals revolve around building or sculpting muscle. Why? Because building and sculpting muscle, building muscle in general, um, is what takes the longest to do. You go to the gym, 
and work out real hard. You beat the crap out of your targeted muscles and get really sore and then take time off from training that affected body part and then you let it recover. Then you come back week a week later and repeat the same workout with no improvement, no increase in strength and no changes in your body. You just get you just get sore. <clears throat> And you get suck, get suck, you get sore, get stuck. Thank you. Rest, recover, and repeat. Now, if this is you, which I'm assuming it is, you need to know three things. Okay. And the first one is what muscle recovery and muscle adaptation is. Number two, how most of you are always in the muscle recovery phase and never in muscle adaptation. And three, each and every single one of you listening to this needs to know that you're probably stuck in the recovery trap. All right. So whatever we do that requires movement or any sort of stimulation, literally what I'm doing right now and what you are doing, anything, any movement at all, our central nervous system receives that as a stress signal. Okay. Everything we do is a stress signal. So when it comes to recovery, that is the body's healing process from damage. This happens when the stress signal is so high for our bodies to adapt to. All right. So think of it when you break a bone or when you cut your finger. It's the exact same thing when it comes to muscle. Okay. Before your body even thinks about building muscle, it thinks about healing first. If the body has to make a choice to either recover or adapt from damage, it will always, always 100 million percent of the time always choose recovery the recovery route because healing from something is the biggest priority okay so to relate this in the fitness sense it's like when you're really sick but trying to get in shape we've all been there okay or getting really sick and already in shape and then trying to maintain it no matter what situation you're in or whatever fitness goals you have your body doesn't give a shit about that Okay, because its priority is to heal from the damaging stress signal it's getting. Okay, now, when it comes to adaptation, this is when the stress signals we are putting on our body is just the right amount for our body to become more, uh, more resilient because it becomes more resilient at whatever it is that you're doing. Okay, so, yeah, I think I covered that. Now. Now that we got that out of the way, okay, here's where the recovery and adaptation comes into play when it, uh, when it comes to the fitness aspect of things. I need you guys to continue to think of recovery as healing, but now consider adaptation as muscle building. Okay, so recovery is healing. That's not too hard to, to kind of relate to. And adaptation is building, okay? This is what is happening to people who smash their body parts with high-intensity, high-volume workouts, okay? A great example of this is your typical body part split workout where all of you guys and girls are doing, where one day's arm day, and then you, and you beat the shit out of your arms, and you leave it alone for a week, and then the next day is back day, and you do the same thing, you leave it alone for a week, and then the next day is leg day. And then anyways, you get the fucking point. The issue of this is that the stress signal you're creating is so high 
that you're creating nothing more but a recovery signal rather than an adaptation signal. Okay. And a great scenario I always give people is imagine getting the shit knocked out of you every single day, but each day is a different body part on your body, body part on your body, uh, a different body part. And I'm talking about like, you're getting the living, you are getting the living shit beat out of you. Okay. Chances are very high. You won't be able to do much because you're too busy trying to just recover. You just lay there, right? That's equivalent to your typical body part split day where you're doing on average 15 sets of arms, different types of exercises, but in all 15 sets of, of arms on Monday and leaving it alone for a week and then 15 sets of back and then leaving it alone for a week and then repeating the cycle over and over and over again. Okay. Now, now that this makes sense to you, you're probably asking yourself, fuck, like, how can I get my body to prioritize adaptation so I can get out of this gym plateau? You need to know first and foremost, first and foremost, what muscle protein synthesis is and how to elevate that. Okay. So much muscle protein synthesis is just a fancy word to describe muscle growth. Okay. And a good workout should elevate your rate of muscle protein synthesis post workout and many studies have been shown that post workout pro wait hold on post workout protein synthesis i say say try to say that fast which is um that's a, just a very long word of the adaptation signal that we create after our workout elevates and stays elevated for about 24 to 48 hours on average Okay. Now for the experienced gym goers like myself, this 24 to 48 hours post-workout, this time is shorter. This time be becomes shorter for people like me, my wife, or anybody that you know, who's been going to the gym for at least re like relatively often for at least five years. Okay. Keeping your muscle protein synthesis levels at the adaptation phase is crucial because all of this leads to muscle mass, fat loss, weight loss, and overall health and longevity. Okay. Now that we understand, I hope you guys understand the whole muscle protein synthesis and how it drops 24 to 48 hours post-workout, we can finally see why the most common quote-unquote hit each body part super hard once a week body part split routines and work out till you pass out are incredibly ineffective at a certain point okay and the reason why i say at a certain point is because i don't want to shit i don't want to sound like i'm shitting on this on the whole body part split kind of workout routine okay because i always say this all the time and I'm never going to stop saying this, doing something is better than doing nothing. And when I started working out, my first time working out, I was 15 years old. I went to Proform in Delson. And I will never forget my very first program that I bought was exactly this, a body part split type of workout where I had arm day, back day, chest day, leg day, like five days a week. Each single day was a different body part and I would hit it once and I would fucking destroy whatever body part that day was on. 
and I will leave it alone for a week. Did I build muscle? You bet your ass I did. Okay. But eventually the issue, the issue started to be, uh, the issue became that I, that's all I did. So eventually like I kind of hit a plateau and everyone, I'm, I'm pretty sure all of you guys relate to me with that. It's just because eventually your body, like your body can only take so much of a beating, right? And eventually your body's just going to just, just stop. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is that this routine is why you get sore and recover week after week without seeing any real progress. Now, you're probably asking yourself, or maybe I'm, or maybe I'm just reading your mind. Why are so many bodybuilders following this type of routine and seem to build tremendous muscle? Which is a great question. Even if you didn't ask this, I'm gonna fucking answer it regardless because I'm. You're, you're, this is a very common question that I get all the time. As soon as I kind of answer, as soon as I explain this to my own clients, so I want you to consider the following. Okay, bodybuilders have muscle building genetics that are extremely rare. Okay. And they, they may in fact have genes that allow their muscle protein synthesis levels to stay elevated for days longer post-workout than the vast majority of us. Now combine that with ultra high levels of anabolic steroids, which signals, which by the way, steroids just signals signals the muscle to grow all on its own without literally moving and now all of a sudden it becomes clear as to why those routines are extremely ineffective for you (coughs) but be effective for them now for any of you bodybuilders listening i am not saying all you bodybuilders take steroids but let's be real here the industry nowadays it you know it's kind of hard not to ignore the, the obvious, okay? Unless you're one of these one in a million genetic freaks, uh, th- then this routine should not be um, yours, okay? So, and with that said, okay, your routine should maximize and prioritize adaptation and it should take into account how long a workout will keep a particular muscle in the adaptation zone. And so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, here are my two very simple and extremely effective tips that you can apply right now to your routine and see immediate results and to get your body to create loud adaptation signals. And these tips that I'm going to tell you right now are tips that I've given all of my clients. And I know you probably, for those of you who've been listening to all of my episodes, I love you. Thank you very much. You probably hear me say this all the time, this exact same phrase. I say this to all my clients and then all my clients get results. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm not trying to, um, how, is that even a word over dramatize? I don't even know if that's even a word, but I'm not trying to sound dramatic here a lot of you guys may think this is too simple to be true no pun intended but it really is you guys have to understand the majority of us you guys listening have a body part split routine one 
for those who do, for those of you who do work out, you guys are probably following a fall of body part split routine, and you've been doing that for years on end, and you've been following the exact same program, the exact same sets, reps for years on end. You guys have probably never worked out before, or you guys worked out before so much that you just gave up because you couldn't maintain it, and then so combine all that, and this is literally my my kind of clientele. That mixed with the elderly and the youth and all that stuff. So when I say these are the tips that I give my clients and they've had tremendous results, I am being full-blown serious. All right. So now, so for my two tips, my first one is you guys have to stop training to failure. Okay. It's too much intensity and it causes too much muscle damage. Now, for those of you who are listening and who are very experienced in the fitness industry, or some of you guys might be personal trainers. If you are, that is super cool. Thank you for literally, thank you for listening. You guys must be, you guys are, you guys and girls are probably like scoffing at what I'm saying. I am talking to the average individual here. Okay. Who's never worked out before. Like I said, like I said before, who's never worked out or is just stuck in a plateau. Training to failure does have benefits. There's tremendous benefits to that, but we're not there yet. I'm that this is going to be for a whole other episode. I am talking to those who are stuck. Okay, for the average individual, just like you guys who are stuck. Okay, and a lot of you guys beat the crap out of your muscles by training to failure. Okay, and like I said, like I just said before, it's way too much intensity. Okay, way too much damage. Instead, very simple, stop. One to two reps before you fail. Assuming you know your your limits and assuming you actually track your workouts, which if you guys don't, I strongly suggest you guys do. Stop one to two reps before you fail. And this is what I like to call, quote unquote, two in the tank. Okay. If you feel at the end of your set that you can, you felt that you could have done two more with good, like you could have done two more but like on the second, on the, on that last one, you, you think you could have been like, you could have screwed up your, 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 your form. Then this is where you should stop right there and then. Okay. And number two, increase the frequency you train each body part. Okay. I'm not telling you to simply work out more. All right. Instead, what I'm suggesting is that you take the total amount. Listen to me carefully. You take the total amount of exercise volume you're currently doing and simply divide it over two or three workouts in within your week. So what the fuck does that mean? All right. So example, I'm going to take my calculator right now. Okay. Example, instead of hitting for those who are doing chest, okay, or whatever body part for just for the sake of this example, I'm hitting chest. So ladies, if you're doing fucking ass all day, all week. Just and every single day, hear me out. Instead of hitting chest once a week on chest day for 15 sets, divide that chest day, so 15, divide that chest day into three workouts, okay? And hit your chest three times that week. So divide by three, which is five. So hit, <coughs> hit your chest three times a week for five sets each workout. Okay, same total of volume, 
but three times the muscle protein synthesis and adaptation signaling effect. So now you are not teetering off. Uh, you're not on the whole recovery spectrum. You are now in the muscle adaptation signaling effect. Okay. So you're probably asking yourself, you're probably asking me, you're telling me to work out less hard and I'll be able to break through my plateaus. Essentially, yes. I've literally recommended these two simple tips to all of my clients. And nine out of 10 of them, every single time, report back to me with much faster results, more strength gains, and more muscle within two weeks. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen to all you guys because I'm just speaking generally, but from my experience, within two weeks of them doing this, literally, Dividing their workouts into three or even two, whatever. They all freak out about how easy this approach is and how incredibly effective it is. And what's crazy about it is that they're not working anywhere near as hard as they did before. They're building more muscle without feeling sore the next day. Okay. It's all about working smart, not hard. All right. So, and this is another thing that we all do. Okay. We tend to work out to feel sore and I totally get you. I come from that. One of the biggest, biggest, biggest mind fucks in my career was the day my coach told me that I'm working too hard. I'm trying to train for the fucking Olympics here. Every single day I was working out and when I was on the track, I was sprinting and I was jumping to the point where like I couldn't fucking walk no more. I was walking like Terry Fox out there. Oh my God, Justin said a joke about Terry Fox. Just chill. This is my fucking podcast and I'm an aspiring comedian, (laughs) but, and in the gym, I would work out to the point where I couldn't fucking move the next day. And there was a point in my career where I was sick. I like, I was getting crazy back aches, like to the point where like, I wasn't even able to sleep. I had a hard time sleeping. If I did not have, and keep in mind, I was working two jobs. I was a waiter and I was working at Costco full. I was working at Costco full time. I was working out six hours a day. All right. Divided by two workouts a day. There was a point that I was doing so much, and this might be relevant, uh, this might be similar to you, to you guys. You guys might may not be working out twice a day. Some of you have, but point is, I had a lot of shit going on in my day, just like how all of us do. And when I would hit the gym, I would beat the living shit out of myself. I looked amazing, but there was a point in my career where I was stuck in all of my weights, in all of my lifts. And I'm talking about compound lifts. I wasn't doing the whole body parts, but I was doing, you could do this with a, with a, like with, with compound lifts. I know I keep preaching about compound lifts and I will always preach compound lifts, but I was, I, I, I plateaued for like, I would say at, at least three months. I wasn't getting any faster uh, in my sprints. I wasn't, I wasn't getting anything. I wasn't really, it's normal for people to kind of like maintain. You can't always fucking peak every single week, every single day. 
but I wasn't hitting the required standard to as a professional athlete. Matter of fact, like I was even going down. I was I was losing sleep. I wasn't sleeping enough. Um, I was irritated. I, I felt more anxious. I was in a lot of pain. My joints were hurting. And all of a sudden, my coach told me, like, my, my coach was like, what the fuck are you doing? And then we looked over the program. And he goes, yeah, yeah, whoa, dude, you're doing way too much. And in my mind, it's like, I have a goal to achieve. Like, I have to fucking, I didn't know this at the time, but I, my, I was just, my body was in constant recovery mode. And my body was trying to send me signals saying like, hey, dumbass. What the fuck are we doing here? We're working way too hard right now. And my coach told me, like, first off, I needed to fucking take a break, literally take a week off, a week or two off. And that just changed my life completely. Like, I've never had the great, better sleep in my life since then. No, no, not since then, but at that moment of my life, like, I slept like a baby. And then when I got back to training and I was, you know, fresh i was rested i was rejuvenated all that stuff he literally cut my workouts into three so and keep in mind i was doing like you know 10 sets of squats all that stuff he's like no you're gonna be working out in the gym three days a week instead of five and you're gonna be coming to track and we're gonna be focusing on you know skill stuff twice a week weekends off and i was like I was very, very, very um, hesitant on this approach, but it, I broke through all my plateaus. It was like, and since till this day, I still think my, my coach is a God and um, yeah, it, I, my, my, my plateaus, I broke all my plateaus. I just skyrocketed. I was thriving thriving and so that was arguably my biggest that had to be that is till this day like there's there's lessons that you learn in life that you will never forget this is one those that moment was one of my lessons in my life that i will never forget as a fitness as a personal trainer like i can relate to that like crazy and i wish you know and now in in the industry all these trainers not all of them but a good majority of these trainers these days they're all focused on just beating the crap out of you. Now, a lot of you guys may disagree with what I'm saying, and it's okay. My goal is to not tell you that you're right, uh, I'm right, and you're wrong. None of that. But my goal is to just educate you guys and kind of maybe question yourself and try this out. But because a lot of you probably have a trainer, or if not, you're doing this approach where you're just beating the living crap out of yourself and you're losing weight and you're building muscle. This does work. I'm not saying it doesn't. It, it, it works. But I'm telling you right now, this approach, you will stall. Ver, like if, like I said, if you, I say this all the time, doing, following a program at 100%, chances are very high that you're going to stall much faster than someone doing some, following a program at 50%. Right. So if you guys want to go to the gym every single day, I'm not telling you to, to stop going to the gym every single day and only go three times uh, a week, which is what 
uh, I'm saying here. I'm not saying that. I kind of just contradicted myself, but I'm not telling you to not go to the gym, but I just want you to, I, if you are tracking, I just want you guys to go back to the, your drawing book and calculate all the sets that you're doing per body part and just try this out for a couple weeks and just divide it by three. Okay, and then integrate it, mix it in with your workout every single day, but just lighten, cut cut the sets in, in three and try it for yourself. I guarantee you, you will feel a difference and you will see a difference. All right, now for the nutritional aspect, this is going to be short and short and sweet. Very simple. Um, don't change a single thing in your diet for now, okay? Uh, you guys are doing... And the reason why I say this is because you guys are doing way too hard of a calorie cut, which explains why you're always tired and you get random crashes in your day. I'm, I'm talking with, with experience here. A lot of us, uh, when we do these programs, when we go, when we do this approach or even with no approach, uh, not with this specific approach, but any approach, especially if we're just starting out, we basically cut our calories in half. We eat less, a, a lot less. Oh, my son just woke up. Oh, wait. I don't know if you could. Wait. I don't know if you guys could see that. For those who are listening on, on through my video. Oh, man. My screen's all blurry. Whatever. Yeah, he's up. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Good thing I'm keeping it. Good thing this is just a short section. But, um. Damn, where was I at? Yeah, a lot of us, we eat less, a lot less, and we work out more. Now, like I said before, this approach, no 100,000%, you're going to lose weight. Oh, he went back. He went back. Oh, uh, no, he did not go back. He's crying. Oh, someone's going to be going to bed early tonight. Um, A lot of us, we eat less and move more and... It's extremely effective for a short time. And the reason why you guys give up is because you guys can't eat any less than what you're eating now. And you can't work out any harder than what you're doing right now. And then you give up and you stop and then you gain the weight back and you gain even and you gain even more weight. Right? So try this approach. What I just said, cut, divide your chest day and whatever days that you want into three workouts and hit your body part three times a week. Okay. For five sets. Sorry. Well, look, assuming that you're doing 15 sets, right? But whatever, how many sets you're doing, divide it into two and then spread it out to two, three workouts uh, throughout the week. What's going to happen is you're going to be, you're going to be actually doing less but you're going to be lifting more. All right. So anyways, with that being said, this is why I'm telling you to not change a single thing in your diet because we need this. The Oh, he went, he went back to bed. Nice. We need the energy. A lot of people, like I said before, we eat less and we do more. But if we do more, we need to have enough calories for energy. But if you're not eating enough, this is why you're always tired, right? And this is why you're not getting any, any, 
any um i'm drawing sorry my clear i have adhd right as soon as i look somewhere else i lose attention uh, i lose focus but this is why you're not getting any gains all right anyways um so that's that uh now as we're gonna take a little left turn here and talk about what's going on in my life um so i I got a call back from a comedy club that wants me to perform uh, at their at their at their bar. It's called La Brevoir. Uh I'm not going to tell you the date, but it's pretty cool because La Brevoir, they have about um, they could fit about 150 people in the venue. And for those of you who don't know, my very first time doing a uh, stand up was at this bar. Uh, with 150 people and I actually did like 15 minutes which is according to the comedians that I've been getting to know right now who've been in the industry for a long time it's like unheard of and I did pretty good and so they called me back and anyways I I, I sent on my Instagram a while ago that they they invited me back but that now they they actually follow through and they actually called me back and they invited me back and the reason why I'm saying this is because uh, for those of you who don't know um, I'm learning the ropes about uh, on this. It's very hard to get a spot um, and a, to get a lineup, to get a spot in the lineup uh, in a in a place like this who has weekly um, shows. And I'm not saying I have like a permanent spot, but they they say like, hey, look, you were really good. People really liked you, and we're gonna call you back. Where we would like you to to come. So uh, because. It's very hard to get that. And so I'm very proud of myself. I'm, I consider myself extremely blessed. I'm very grateful for the opportunity because there's so many comedians right now who are trying to make it or just trying it out that um, back in the day, they would just give open spot. They would give spots to anybody. Now it's like, look, we don't want to. This is a bar where it's like, look, you have to make a name or somewhat of a statement for yourself because we can't just invite any random Joe blow onto the stage. So, uh, really, really, really pumped about that. So, um, I'm not going to let you know when I'm actually performing because like I said in my Instagram, uh, on my Instagram stories, before I promote my first show for you people to literally pay out of your own wallet, to come see me, I want to make sure I have 30 to 45 minutes of stand-up material, good stand-up material. So far in my notes, so how I've been doing this is whatever I think about, whatever I think that's funny or what I think that's funny, I write in my notes right away. I have a comedy blog. I have a comedy folder. And my folder is full. It's like I have enough for like two hours. The issue is... And I'm going through this. It's funny in my head. But I need to try and deliver it where I could get you listeners in my head and see it the way I see it. And that is the hardest thing to do. Because when I'm up on stage, I read the crowd. And I'm not that kind of guy who studies shit. I don't like reading a script. Um, because there's all these... 
it's stressful. It's stressful up there. I'll be honest with you. It's stressful up there. As much as as comfortable as I am and as fun as it is up on stage, like if I see one person in front, like I'll just pick on that person and I'll, you know, I'll, and then I'll just wander off. My brain will literally wander off and then I'll like, you know, and then I just lose focus. So I'm trying to get all of my notes and my topics in my head and kind of like make it flow and like transition really well. And, um, so that's why I, and I'm in the process of doing that and it's quite difficult and I need practice. I need, I need stage time and it's very hard to get stage time because there's so many comedians out there and they're just, they're applying, they're applying and all these other venues, they're, they're, they're full till all summer. So it's really hard. So thank, thankfully, I have a buddy of mine, uh, Charles Brunet. Shout out to Charles Brunet. For those of you who don't know him, he has an Instagram handle. Uh, it's called Trofil Interessant. This kid, and I'm saying kid because he's 23 years old. This guy is the funniest fucking guy I have, I, I have seen in a long time. And he's a great actor. He's really well known for his Instagram reels, if you guys don't know. Um just like he had me made a reel about uh, first time trying MDMA. He's not literally on MDMA. And actually, confession, well, spoiler alert, he's never fucking taken MDMA at all. But I have, and it's one hell of a drug. But the way he acts it out in his Instagram reels is so relatable, and it's fucking hilarious. Anyways, if you guys want, check him out. So he's been helping me out a lot, and uh, I've been helping him out with his fitness. And I, he's been helping me out with the comedy thing. And he's only 23 years old. And he's so, so, so experienced. And he actually has a permanent spot in a couple comedy acts where they actually pay him quite a bit of money. um, Almost three, four times a week. And uh, he does this. He does like three, four shows, three, four times a week. And he just runs out. He he literally runs down the block to another show, and they pay him money. And it, it's really impressive how he does that. And uh, so, shout out to Charlie Boy if you're listening. I just got him. I just got him to subscribe on my uh, my podcast. So shout out to him. So yep. And uh, now, Dad Talk. Um, as you guys may know, Landon is walking now. And uh, he's developing a a character, man. He has he, it's it's what a fucking time to be alive, man. But um, as beautiful as a moment as this is, I'm going through a little personal uh, dilemma, and I think a lot of parents will agree with this. And I hope, and I'm, this is from a father, right? Um, I'm trying to soak it all in. I'm trying to enjoy every single second because once this passes, you are not getting this back unless you make another kid, right? This is precious times. And um, so I'm trying not to be on my phone as much. It's just, so I'll give you guys, uh, for those who are are parents right now, um, I read an article. I think his name is Adam Stan. He's an attachment specialist and uh, a attachment and relationship specialist. He's a doctor and he focuses on, you know, 
relationships of whether you're a relationship between a mother, uh, like a parent and a child, uh, mother, daughter, like, uh, you know, uh, husband, wife, whatever, anything that involves attachments and relationships, he specializes in that. And he says, and there is this, he was talking about a test that he created and it's called the FaceTime test. And right away, when we think of FaceTime, we think of literally the, you know, your, your phone FaceTime. And he's like, no, this is a FaceTime where you count how many times that you see your kid look back at you when they're playing. And the reason why this is a test is because it's to show us parents how often we're on our phone and how long we are on our phone. And so I did the test. And so on the iPhone, I don't know if you guys have, I don't know about smartphones, but I'm, I'm an iPhone guy. On my iPhone, it says how long, um, like on average screen time I have. And um, I read the article about two weeks ago. And so I, I, I tried this. So the, basically the, the, the test, in order for you to do this test, very simple. Um, check your average phone time. Don't change a single thing. And then try and, uh, after a week, try and limit it. Like, try to break it down. And whenever you see your your baby, your toddler, play, pretend as if you're on your phone. And whenever they're not looking, like when you have their back to them, stare at them. And then count how many times they actually look back at you. Because when they look back at you, they are literally checking if you are on your phone. And that fucking, at first when I read when I read it, I was like, huh, interesting. Okay, I'll do it. Because I'll tell you right now, before that, I, I didn't really, I'm like, what? My one, like my 13 month year old is, is, is looking back at me like what and so i did and um fuck i'm gonna get a little emotional here my son looks back at me he looked back at me he looked back at me five times within 10 minutes and it broke my fucking heart now I'm not trying to make a, I'm not trying to make you parents feel guilty or anything like that. I'm just trying to make I'm not a, obviously I'm not a freaking specialist. I'm just sounding like a dad right now who realizes that my that toddlers are fucking smarter than they look, guys. And I never noticed this. I never noticed it. Now look, and the reason why I feel extremely guilty is because I'm fucking tired. We're all tired when we when we get out when we when we punch out after when we punch out work. And we just want to sometimes just be on our phone and just scroll through Instagram or just do something mindlessly. We didn't have this problem growing up. I didn't have this problem growing up. 
And so it's a whole new world that we're bringing our children into. And it's so fucking important that we value FaceTime. And this is where the whole FaceTime flips on its head. Where how much FaceTime, like legit physical FaceTime that you have with your child. Because they're watching you. They're fucking watching you and they're analyzing you. Now, you can't always not be on your phone. But for fuck's sakes, that made me realize, yo, when I have my son, because my son's not in daycare right now. He's only going to daycare in August. So when I finish work, my wife comes home at 6.15. I'm with him. My son, I put my son down. When I get home from work, it's like 2.30, and I grandpa gives me Landon. I play with him for like, 10 minutes and then I put him to bed because it's his nap time. So he's actually sleeping right now and he's about to wake up. What time is it? He's about to wake up in, I would say 20, 30 minutes. So this is why I'm doing my, my, my podcast. So I only have like two hours with him of FaceTime, FaceTime, two hours a day, FaceTime. And I was on my fucking phone. Or Miss Rachel's on. I've actually been doing a much better with Miss Rachel. I've been limited. I limited it a lot with Miss Rachel, which I'm pretty proud of. But that rocked my world. Um, I'm going to leave. If you guys want the to hear, to know the, um, the actual, to read the actual article, I'll, uh, I'll put it in my show notes because obviously I kind of slaughtered the, um, the actual article, but I hope you guys understand what I mean. Basically the article makes you realize just it holds us accountable as parents, just like how much we're on our phone and how crazy it is to physically see your child turn around, literally turn around and to check if you're actually paying attention. That rocked my world. And so I felt the need to kind of say that because, uh, We're on our phones too much. I'm on my phone too much. It's I'm trying to find this delicate balance where, um, I film a little bit of Landon. I film, you know, I I document my life as as a father, as a husband, and a lot of you guys are loving it. And uh, you know, if I'm gonna, if I want to be. And the reason why I'm doing this is because obviously, as you guys know, now I'm going to transition into my whole a career uh, change. For those of you who don't know, I'm leaving Costco in December and I've been at Costco for 15 years. And so I'm going to be pursuing my career in personal training full time. I've been a trainer for 15 years, but um, I never made the move. And um, I don't want anyone to think that like, I don't know what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing when it comes to changing your lives in terms of your fitness and health goals. But um, I'm trying to, I'm shifting my mind to become that trainer to continue to be that trainer, but as an entrepreneur. And that means, you know, money management, uh, trying to promote myself online. And the way I'm doing it is I am promoting myself as a father, as a husband, because that's who I am. And my goal is to make you guys feel like, fuck, this guy looks, this guy looks and sounds so fucking cool and relatable. I could 
fucking have them. I can invite him, invite him over for supper. And if that's the feeling that you guys have towards me, one that is fucking fantastic because I'm not, I am who I am. I got my TikTok, I got my Instagram, I got my Facebook, and I got a podcast. And I think I've been being, I've been very consistent with how I am, and I'm just being myself. So if that is what you're feeling, then that is exactly what I want because you feel some sort of trust when you invest in yourself through me to get you to your fitness and health goal that you want. So I've been doing a lot more of that, which is, um, you know, it's a double-edged sword because I'm trying to limit my screen time, especially with my son and, uh, and with my wife as well. You know, there's times where my wife and I, we, we try and limit our TV time. And when we have supper, I only see my wife, I work at 4.30 in the morning, so I don't really wake up with my wife, and I kiss her on the head every morning before I go to work, because she's asleep, and I only see her when she gets home, and I go to bed at like 8.30, and that is like the ultimate latest, and so she gets home, she gets she gets in the shower, she gets undressed, she gets in her PJs, and we have supper together, and sometimes we're watching TV, or we're on our phones, and we're not talking, and it, it fucking sucks sometimes. My relationship with my wife is fucking phenomenal. I am truly blessed to have a partner, a life partner. Like, every day we're making each other laugh. Like, don't worry, like, uh, I'm not trying to say, like, our, we're... we're we're going through a phase. We're not going through a, the only phase we're going through is we're fucking loving life. That's our fucking phase. But you know, I talk about fitness with you guys, and you know how fitness is nothing more but relationships with yourselves. And you know, psychologists say I've been reading a lot of psychology stuff, and like psychologists say, in order for us to achieve our fitness goals, it's to have healthy relationships all outside of fitness. Because if we don't have a healthy relationships outside of fitness, then our goals going into fitness come from a toxic relationship standpoint. And so in order for us to have a longer, to live a longer, healthier life, it's to have healthier relationships. And I'm not saying my relationship with my wife isn't healthy. It's just, I want to spend time with my wife. And if that means, um, you know, we try the whole no cell phones thing. And half the time it works, half the time it doesn't. But I'm not saying like we don't ever talk at supper. But it's just, it's something that I kind of, I hold myself accountable. Morgan doesn't give a flying fuck. Morgan's like, Morgan's Morgan's the complete opposite of me. Morgan doesn't really pay attention to this kind of stuff. Obviously, when it comes to landing, yes. But with us, it's like, I mean, with me and my wife, it's like, bro, we partners, man. Like, man, you a bitch, Justin. Shut the fuck up, bro. Like, fuck you talking about. But because I just get in my head about it. So maybe I'm just getting in my head about it like this. But it's just I just love the fuck out of my wife, man. I love you so much. Ever since we had Landon, man, it's like. <laughs> yeah, ever since I had Landon. My appreciation for my wife has just skyrocketed. And the love I have for my wife just skyrocketed. It just. Oh, man, what a time to be alive.
And so I want to, I want to maintain that. Right. And uh, I'm not afraid that we're, I'm going to lose or anything like that. It's just, um, you know, I'm doing this career move and we we just got, we like, I'm doing this crazy career move. We're literally in the process of selling our fucking house so we could get a bigger house so we could, you know, we could get the mortgage accepted because, you know, Hey, I work for keep it simple fitness. We'd like to have a mortgage of $600,000. Go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? It's just, um, it's scary for me and it's scary for my wife because it's like, I had issues with money management before. I'm still learning how to manage my money. And um, now I'm quitting security. I'm getting ready to quit security to pursue my, my to pursue risk to be an entrepreneur in fitness like she totally supports my 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 decision because i'm i'm pursuing something that i'm passionate about finally and no one and nothing is stopping me that's the power of having a kid man you know i'm writing my book so my son could read it you know and i want this to be a fucking I want this to be a an amazing read of pursuing your dream. And so my wife supports me 100%, but yeah, it's scary. And so I just want to make sure that my wife is happy, which she is. Just last night, she told me to, for fuck's sake, shut the fuck up, Justin, with are you happy? Of course I'm happy. My wife's the best, man. A lot of people have been telling me to, um, Justin, why don't you just document your everyday life with your with, with your wife? You guys are so funny. I'll be very honest with you guys. I really appreciate your comments. I really don't want to sound as if like my life is so interesting. It really isn't. But hey, the fact that you guys really want to see me and my wife every day on your screen because we're quote unquote so funny um, is really humbling because, um, let me tell you, I film a lot of my wife. My wife is fucking hilarious, hilarious. But what's sad is that you guys don't know it because my wife is very, she's very, she, she's very, um, conservative. Let's just say it's very hard to deal with a person like me. If you're very uh, conservative, she, she opened up a lot since she met me, but yeah, um, I'm starting to realize there's not too many people like me or my brother were twins, right? But we have, we somewhat have the same personality, which is very loud and open and we don't give a fuck. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Cause there's some things that are so funny that I really want to post on Instagram and like the story's there, everything's there. Like the video's there. I edit it, and you know, I did the filter, the Paris filter, and and Morgan's like, "Let me see it." And then I'm like, "Fuck!" And she goes, "No, no, delete it. I don't like this. I don't like this." And Justin, I and when she calls me Justin, not even my whole name. When she says Justin, it's like she's serious, and she's a redhead, so she. Redheads are crazy, so obviously I respect her, her 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 wishes, but work in progress, guys. Um. So yeah. Anyways, look. Uh. That's it in my life, man. We're putting our house up for sale soon. 
we're getting the photographers coming in uh, this week. Uh, no, next week. So I got to cut the grass. I don't have a lawnmower. So my neighbor who is um, out west, I have to borrow his lawnmower. And it's like gas powered and you have to like, and I had to do the weed whacker and like the blower for those who haven't, who haven't seen my videos on Instagram about that. Um, it's very technical. I'm really not a hands-on kind of guy. So like, I always FaceTime him like how to pull it and because it's gas and like you have to press a balloon to get the gas to come up and then you got to hold the choke hole and then pull it. And then, yeah. So, uh, I'm making this sound so goddamn complicated to cut my damn grass. Oh, and then my grass is kind of dead. So I got to go get dirt and seeds. I basically got to get make my house look really perfect for the two hours of this home photography. Photography. Photography? Photography. To, 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 to do its magic. Anyways, guys, I have to stop talking. Uh, clearly I'm exhausted, so I'll leave you guys to that. Thank you guys so much for listening. And, uh, once again, please leave a five-star review, drop a comment, share this on your social media platform. The more times you do this, the more apparent it shows up and on whatever platform you are listening to. So follow the advice I gave. All right. You have to prioritize the adaptation phase and not the recovery phase, please. And um, if you guys haven't counted your reps and sets, count them, add them all up, and then divide it into three days. And then whatever answer that gives you, follow that. And trust me when I say you will build muscle and you will feel and see a big difference. So that's it for me, guys. Thank you guys very much for listening. And as always... Don't forget to keep it simple. Take it easy, guys.